1: Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 163rd episode of the Hunger Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8-Bit and those legends at Audio-Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8-Bit. And on today's episode, we have a menu crammed full of video game and geek culture goodness covering such topics as Walmart banning violent video games, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo cracking down on loot boxes. Death stranding no longer an exclusive, plus lots more. Now joining me today for episode one hundred and sixty-three is the necromancer to my Nightblade. Find him raising the dead, or on the socials yeah, at yeah. Salim TD, Mr. Salim Abraham. How you doing, my man? Woo! I'm so good, mate. I'm I am definitely the necromancer
0: to your Nightblade, my friend. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I'm well. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Um, I'm very excited to actually talk some Elder Scrolls with you soon to sort of just get your feelings on it i know we've had a bit of a bit of a controversial episode last week where you were singing the praises of monster hunter world <laughs> only to uh seek a refund get said refund and then purchase elder scrolls off the back of my uh, incessant pleading so uh I'm happy to see you've taken the, taken the plunge, and I want to hear about your time soon, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're recording on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Our usual compatriot, Miss Allie Hart, is uh, indisposed today. Some technical-related difficulties over there in the US of A, but uh, you know, we're pouring one out for you, and we'll see you back next week. But uh, yeah, I've got a quick question for you, Dream. Yep. With Pokemon Sword and Shield's imminent arrival in November which of the new Gen 8 pocket monsters is your favorite? So this is on the back of uh, another another sort of release slash announcement of a, a wave of the Gen 8s that we'll be coming across, battling, catching, so on and so forth. What ones are sort of uh, near and dear to your heart so far? Um, So
0: I, I don't care for the Wheezy, the Galarian Wheezy. Mm. Oh,
1: he's great.
0: I, I just, he's great. I don't, I don't like it. I, I just think that he looks like... every pokemon game has like a dress-up mode where you can put Mm -hmm. like bows and things on them and i just feel like that's wheezing in the dress-up mode he looks silly he he looks ridiculous he looks like
1: they're they're like corporate fat cats of the pokemon world yeah like like they're they're working the pokey stock market somewhere these are galarian wheezings
0: he owns a factory of poor coughing who are just slaving away for like two pence an hour
1: it's interesting on these guys though too apparently because the the chimney stacks are so big; they've actually got a purification process in the chimney, so the smoke coming out of uh, this wheezing is actually clean. So uh, go figure.
0: <laughs> it just blew my mind. Uh, well, there you go. They're thinking about greenhouse gases and uh, and global warming, obviously, at the Pokemon at game freak. Like those <laughs> designers are uh, really, really conscientious. Um, bless their hearts alright so I I like Impidimp and I didn't even know this was a thing until I started looking at the Gen 8 Pokemon lists Impidimp looks like he is absolutely
1: munging out yeah he's a wild boy he's got his blue tongue hanging out there he's sort of looking a bit scattered I don't know what he's up to maybe he's like a little club of Pokemon he looks like
0: the photo I'm looking at he's like got his hands out like ready to rock and roll like he's got cops he's against the wall the cops are ahead of him and he's like shit what do I do man where do I go Mm. I like it's that. skittish. Yeah, he seems very skittish. Um, so I like Impidimp. I want to party with Impidimp. How about you, man? I'm
1: you I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sort of double down with Alcremie. I think um, who doesn't want a Pokemon made of literal whipped cream with actual <laughs> strawberry ears? Like this seems so impractical. And you think of going through these warmer regions, like you know, we all know dairy when it gets hot, it can get pretty smelly and pretty unusable. So I'm curious to see how our Creamy deals during the daylight hours. Like is, is she, she or he an impedance on you because of the smell and kind of tack is good. But I think it's really cute that uh, it gets sweeter the happier it is. So our uh, Creamy. You would eat it, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's like a no, Sunday go hungry to go, yeah. Would, would, it, would it eat itself too? Like it wouldn't hmm. need the berries anymore. It just sort of you know, takes a little bit of cream off the top and sucks it down.
0: I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out when um, when these games drop in November.
1: Yeah. Pokey food battles. Mm. Pokey food comas, even. <laughs> I also like, um, and I think we were both in agreement on this one, just because it just, just looks so badass, is uh, Corviknight. Yeah. The sort of almost mechanical, really gothic raven. Yeah, I think the flying steel type. He looks gangster as well. The dashing lord of the skies, apparently. So, so uh, Cor-
0: Corviknight is actually the taxi service in these games now, which I feel like it makes him a little less cooler. But yeah, still, still, I'll definitely catch one of these bad boys and, uh, and send him into battle. It Gothic looks, taxi. It looks
1: fantastic, yeah. Is there any is anyone else you want to bring some light on before we uh, keep moving and shaking?
0: Well, I mean, just really quickly, like the Gigantamax forms of some of these guys are pretty baller. Like G- Gigantamax Dreadnought just looks ridiculous.
1: Dreadnought's It's like a turtle hybrid, sort of snapping turtle vibe with sort of some mechanics in him. Mm. Um, iron and rock is what he's made of. So uh, yeah, he'll be pretty cool. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because he's a water rock type. So it's a grass. typically rocks... Rock's got a lot of weakness to water in, in the other sort of game. So he's mm-hmm. hybridized and uh, ready to kick some ass. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Now, other than that, mate, the rest of them can go get stuffed. Yeah. Especially like Roly Coly. who's just like a piece of coal with an eye. Like some, yeah. some of the designs, the the designers just sort of mail it in on a few of them. They, yeah, they put a lot of time into a few and then they're like, yeah, what about a piece of coal with an orange eye? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Righto yeah it's like um, armless geo dude and also obstagoon the uh the fifth member of kiss i think he yeah. is brilliant looking too
0: i like obstagoon i do like obstagoon he looks definitely badass yeah
1: but uh we don't have to wait too long a couple more months until mm. uh sword and shield hit the uh hit the switch so I'm excited are you deciding on
0: which one you're going to get yet like have you decided if it's going to be sword or shield
1: i think I'm gonna go sword who doesn't want a legendary Dog that holds a sword in its mouth, like it seems so impractical. But I am uh, on that train.
0: Does it at all persuade you which Pokemon you have access to? So if you find out like Dreadnought is only in Shield, would you get Shield?
1: I might pivot because I've got a got a bit of a soft spot for Dreadnought. So we'll yeah. see closer because I don't know if they've broken down the exclusive because it's usually what fifteen to twenty, right? Typically it's fifteen or twenty you can get on one version, not the other, and vice versa.
0: It depends. It depends on how many new. Oh yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter how many new there are, because I'll still use existing Pokemon and, and split those up by um by exclusives and games. Um, I don't know, mate. I guess we'll find out. I didn't even know how many new new Gen eight Pokemon there will be in total.
1: I'm assuming there's going to be at least a hundred. No, Gen
0: six had <laughs> something like fifty. Oh, slacking. Yeah, it was pretty rough. That was a, that we'll was see. a hard year for Pokemon.
1: It was, it was, but I'm very excited to play with a Pokemon made of whipped cream and strawberries, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, it just seems so impractical, but maybe, maybe it's a little, little badass on the battlefield. Hmm. So, Dreamo, let's, uh, let's move into one very important topic of discussion today. Elder Scrolls Online, you have taken the plunge and you are now roaming through elsewhere. I am. Tell me what you're feeling about it so far.
0: Well... <laughs> I feel I feel somewhat vindicated. First of all, in my decision to refund Monster Hunter World to buy this, Monster Hunter World shouldn't have cost me eighty five bucks, but it did. Um, And I managed to get a refund. They were pretty cool. It was my first refund experience with Steam. It was all pretty cruisy. Got the money back within about forty eight hours. Cool. It's all I can really say.
1: Nice work, Valve.
0: Yeah, good work, Valve. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. So I decided to go with the Necromancer class because I'll tell you what though, I, I couldn't really decide on a class. That was that was a bit of a challenge because they all just kind of, nothing really got nothing me- Nothing was standing out to you? No, no, nothing. And I like, I know that kind of sounds weird. <clears throat> I just, I felt like the, the Dragon Knight class was like a little bit generic. I'd just come out of playing Tank in WoW I didn't want yep. to play a tank. I understand that the classes can all sort of do every role. It's just yep. some do certain roles better
1: than others, but I didn't want to play a tank. What was what were you leaning towards? So so Necromancer is what you settled on, but was there another one or two you were sort of given a lot of consideration towards?
0: Ne- necromancer was probably the one I was leaning towards the most. But that, and then Warden possibly, but- I, I was thinking of Warden too. Yeah. But I,
1: you've played a lot of Hunter. I have, oh, wow, yeah. So. I've played a lot
0: of Hunter. Um, but I do like they've got like a lot of Frost abilities. That's kind of cool. That that sort of sets them out a little bit. But I was watching a, a game play video of a Necromancer, a person just sort of talking through the class. And Necromancers are really proficient um, damage dealers, but also healers. And I thought that's kind of cool. It's a weird take on a, on a sort of Necromancer uh, like idea that it can be a healer as well as mm-hmm. a DPS Class. So <clears throat> so I thought, yeah, fuck it. And also they're the bad guys. And also I think the thing that really sold me on it is that using necromancer abilities in town is considered a crime. Yeah. And you can get in trouble for it. I thought, well, this is me. Like in, like just to, I can have a lot of fun being an absolute dickhead with this class. I'm going to pick it. I feel quite happy with the choice. I'm level 11 right now. Um, I'm still rolling around elsewhere, just sort of saving the Khajiit race um they need me they rely on me i'm a hero to these cat people and they treat me as such
1: i i love the size differences between some of the khajiit you meet you meet one like i can't remember the one of sort of the main dudes in that story quest like he's sort of like a a really fair fawn colored khajiit with like he looks like a lion but he's like fucking nine foot tall this one and then you'll see these other ones practicing that are like three foot five
0: yeah I'm a, I'm a, my guy's a dark elf. I think they're typically average height compared to everything else, right? They're -hmm. not, they're not unusually taller or shorter than anyone. I think the wood elves are a little shorter.
1: Yeah, they're the little babies.
0: Yeah, but the dark elves are kind of average height. And I'll be on the character menu just like, you know, I don't know, doing something in my inventory. And then I'll just see this huge figure just walk by, this huge (laughs) figure. It's just like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like my guy is max height for my for my race. For your still. race, yeah. So I also doubled down. I got ESO Plus.
1: Nice. Yeah. It's a smart way to do it because the crowns you get month on month give you a lot of access to cosmetics and, and potions and everything else. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I really only got it. I've only got it for a month and I got it for the 10% experience boost. That's why I got it. You mm-hmm. get a 10% experience and gold boost and you also get a negative 10% time on your um, crafting proficiencies or whatever so it's like takes less time um that costs like 15 bucks that's that's pretty good like wow to play costs 15 dollars. this is free but you do this and you get a bit of a added perk <clears throat> i've got a horse now that i hit level 10 that's pretty exciting i've got nice. a um i've got a i've got a skill i've got an undead skeleton that rushes out of the ground and rushes towards people and blows up that's that's my um that's my favorite pet is this like a kamikaze Kemikaze skeleton, Kemikaze's <laughs> Paul Walker skeleton that just rushes straight out. Oh wow! And blows up. Pretty, pretty rough. Too much.
1: No, nah, that's that's on brand. That's on brand. A loose, loose sort of factoid here. I just pre-ordered the Blu-ray edition of Tammy and the T-Rex, which is a '90s gem starring Denise Richards and Paul Walker. And Paul Walker <laughs> dies in this film. Like their high school love interest, he dies. Hmm tammy denise richards uh befriends uh, some local scientists they take paul walker's brain and put it into a t-rex what so the he's, fuck he's a real life-size t-rex that still loves tammy but then eats people and stuff it is the most bananas stupid movie but uh my blu-ray copy should hopefully be here in a couple of weeks
0: i love that i love yeah, that tammy
1: and the t-rex give it a look
0: Tammy be great trash i'm gonna look that up later you gotta see the
1: trailer like it's so bad it's bad but it's good
0: tammy and the t-rex so what else um necromancer is fun it's cool i like that you can morph abilities um i like just generally exploring in in elsewhere as well i've played wow like a ton i've played this year path of exile and i think i even went back to the well on on final fantasy 14 in a moment of weakness and <laughs> the the thing i enjoy about eso is that you just there's everything every nook and cranny you just feel like you want to check because you're not sure what's where and and that's really fun whereas in wow you know specifically that you'll only ever really get loot from dead bodies or from the occasional chest or, or, or whatever mining or crafting thing there is around, like whatever herb or, or or deposit there is. And in in Path of Exile, it's the same. And in um, Final Fantasy, it's the same. But in this, it's like there's just shit splayed about everywhere of, of random value. Whatever it is, it could be fantastic crafting recipe, or it could be uh, fucking, I don't know, this dead cockroaches like husk for fishing bait or whatever yeah but you don't know and you feel it feels rewarding to to search everything in in a dungeon or in someone's house it feels fun to steal things from people
1: oh yeah oh yeah (laughs)
0: um it's just it's a good game and i also like that it's um that it's sort of actiony like it's not just smashing spells on rotation I'm trying to trying to get the rotation perfect. It's sort of you rushing around trying to dodge things because that actually yeah. matters, breaking out of being bound, and so on and so forth. Yeah. What's I a- mean? A- it melds that MMO about.
1: with that traditional RPG flavor of uh Elder Scrolls and Skyrim really, mm. really well together, I think, where they can bring those two worlds into the one and give you both experiences.
0: This was not my initial experience with ESO though.
1: Yeah, but you, you got in really really early didn't you i think you were sort of close to day one did you jump did you start on pc as well when it first dropped yeah i did i did oh yeah i did no yeah it was and
0: then i got morrowind on xbox because my housemate Mm -hmm. did as well and then we just never played it but now yeah i I like this like i mean excuse me i'm really enjoying this what's i mean you've talked about it till death but what's your experience with this so far you're level 28 now
1: Yeah, I'm I'm close to 30. I haven't played, I haven't pretty much played anything this week. So I'm sort of just living through you and and sharing uh, Elder Scrolls Online thoughts at the moment. But I'm really enjoying it. As you said, it's it's just, it's nice and cruisy. It's sort of like a casual MMO to a degree Mm. if you want it to be. Like there is instances and raids and things that you can do when when you're sort of at those adequate levels but if you want to just cruise around the various locations and and roll into a couple of random dungeons and attack various animals and enemies out in in the in the real world or the world in Elder Scrolls online you can you can sort of go at your own pace which i like you can muck mm. around and just farm enemies you can you know as i told told you all last week you can buy a house and kit it out you can level wait up to your see proficiencies this house. It's it's pretty nice. It's I cannot pre- wait to see nice. this
0: house. And you know what I spent uh, too much time doing this week was trying to do the math on the house. Try to work out where you live based on what you said you paid, how many crowns you could have got for that and what's available at that range. And the bogey, the thing that threw out my formula was that you had to kit it out with furniture as well. So you could have got like a cheap house and just given it like fucking A1 furniture or vice versa. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just would never zero in. So... Anyway, I still can't believe you did that.
1: Yeah, next, next time I log on, I can, I can sort of whisper you access to the house so you can view it anytime, even when I'm not there. Oh, really? So, so you can go check it out when I'm not online. So you can, can you go check that? out the crib. Yeah. Do yeah, that, please. Cool.
0: Please. Yeah. And um... I'm
1: not, I'm not going to give you editing rights just yet because I'll come in and everything's going to be outside on the front porch or something. <laughs> but you can go, you'll be able to go through and, and see the place and see the doggos and everything. I'll just be waiting in there in my underwear yeah yeah just on on the bed upstairs near the fireplace that's it got a big. i've got a big sauna slash like um bath up there <laughs> wow. in the master bedroom it's pretty gangster but sort of going back to the game itself i really enjoy it because you can just do whatever you like i like that it is accessible for people that are new to mmos the ability to to carry two different weapons in so you've got your front bar and your back bar so you can have uh, a, a bow on your back if you need to do ranged attacks and then you can have sword mm. shield or jewel jewel blades or whatever for for frontal assaults as well so you can sort of jump between styles on Weapon the fly sets. yeah which i really like especially playing as a little night blade i can sort of you know shoot some arrows from the shadows then when i need to sort of skulk in and try and do some massive amounts of burst damage i can do that as well mm. um but I, I like as you sort of touched on right near the start of this discussion is each class can be self-sustaining in all the roles, like it can be DPS, it can heal, it can play as a tank. So you can do whatever you want to do. Obviously, some lend themselves to those playstyles more than others, but you can be a Nightblade that heals if you want, or you can be a necromancer that tanks and vice and so on and so forth so i think that's really great that they've sort of thought out how these characters can all play and synergize together um so you're not going to be capped have okay i'm a dragon knight i have to play the tank i'm i'm a sorcerer i have to be the healer sort of thing you can mix and match
0: yeah i i do agree i do agree because it it just makes it easier and more accessible for casual players Yeah, if you're if you're just trying to be best in realm then you're never really going to play healer, necro. You'll play you'll play whatever that other class is. That's templar. Or, is it templar that are like the best healers?
1: Yeah, temp, Templars are pretty well the best.
0: Yeah. So, but you're always going to go for the optimal build for whatever role you're trying to fill within anything. But like, this is super accessible to casual players. I mean, we're both early on. We'll see what the challenges are like when you're in the late game to swap between roles because if if that's difficult. To sort of respec, then obviously that's kind of less, lesser.
1: It's it's not too bad. Like um, on the Xbox, I've got a Dragon Knight that I've got her built as a tank slash DPS, and mm. she can she's got good sustainability as a tank, and also can dish out a good amount of DPS. And she was at, I think she was veteran rank six, so that's about what level three sixty if you translate it. So she's right. she's pretty high up there, and um, yeah, she she got me through a lot of a lot of raids and a lot of uh dungeons uh, sort of as as that lead tank.
0: This this game's really fucked my week up. I I had so much uni work to get through. And <laughs> I just I just keep I just keep coming back to it. It's actually not great. I'll probably be talking about this game for a little while to come. I'll I'll try and do it in bits and pieces and not just drag it on. But a game that I've
1: got in the chamber ready to go is uh The Church in the Darkness. Rich. I'm so excited for this because anyone that hasn't listened to episode 162.5, you're doing your ears and your heart a disservice. Pause this episode right now. Go back and listen to that because that is when the Church in the Darkness was first uh, discovered His by f- the dream. First and, discovered. Uh, he, plays, he plays the trailer over the episode and commentates it in real time. And I was pissing myself <laughs> laughing through the majority of this episode. So go give it a listen. But Dream, the floor is now yours again.
0: Well, I, I haven't played this game yet. It's, it's ready to rock and roll. Um, this game is, it, the trailer sold me so quickly. You're basically a, I mean, you're just a random character person who goes into this cult to find your nephew who's joined it. And the cult um, is pretty crazy. It's set in the 70s. And it's, it's got a real Jim Jones vibe to it. Us against the world. Um, we can either, uh, you know, go and burn in hell with the rest of the, the people here or we can be saved. And we can be saved if we drink the Kool-Aid or whatever the hell it might be. But long story mm. short, you make decisions in this game to either further the cult's ambitions or tear the cult apart. And I am... Spoiler alert! I'm going to be furthering this cult's ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to play this fucking game. So uh, I'll be talking about this quite a, quite a bit uh, next time I appear on the Hungry Gamers. But if you um, if you haven't seen this game, it, it actually only dropped on on the second of August. It's twenty Australian doll hairs on Steam right now. Hmm, so it's I'm looking not looking at it right now. All a bad investment. I would highly recommend getting it. Without playing it, just like I just think it's a cool game. It just sounds cool in the trailer. They've got like, you know, someone's tied to a post and the other cultists are, are stoning them to death. It's yeah, it's 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 cool.
1: I, I like. It's got sort of that Diablo isometric uh, sort of camera yeah. angle to it. Obviously, it's not thematically and, and stylistically the same as as Diablo, but that's sort of from a graphical and, and user interface perspective you've sort of got that pseudo birds eye view on the on the commune and your characters but uh, it looks interesting that's for sure uh, yeah. and yeah and for you know, just a little over 20 bucks 70 72% is pos- positive reviews so far on on steam so that's that's nothing to frown it's about either really
0: bad developed by paranoid productions published by fellow traveler um yeah i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to this one any opportunity to be a villain, I think, Brendan. Oh, I know
1: that's that's your wheelhouse. That's
0: what that's what really gets me out of bed in the in the morning. Um, you got anything on the
1: horizon, game wise? Um, a bit more Elder Scrolls. I want to try and finish Ultimate Alliance three as well. But mm. outside of that, nothing immediately comes to mind. I can't even remember what's like what's the next big release that's coming out. Um,
0: um shit, I do know. There's something big coming. Uh, let me, let there's, me look there's this one up.
1: Game, there's one game I'm waiting on that I've been talking to um, Layope Games about directly called Devil's Hunt. And it looks almost like a carbon copy of Devil May Cry. It's coming out on PC first. It's made by a small studio over in Europe. So that's one that I want to try and get my hands on uh, over the next couple of weeks. I think the game is launching on Steam first in the middle of September, but I'm hoping to get an early copy of it in the next fortnight so I can get in, in amongst that and see if it actually does translate at all because it's got that Devil May Cry art style, that Devil May Cry combat style. You play this character that's trying to fight his way out of hell. So that's cool. we'll see how that goes. Um, it, it is done on a budget, but it looks interesting. So that's all I know that I've got coming up in the in the near future.
0: Um, so there are two things coming up that you'll absolutely love. First of all, Blair Witch. Second, um, that drops on August thirty. And the second one oh, is Dark, right. Dark Pictures: Man of Medan. That drops also yes. on August thirty.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there. Uh, thank you for for reminding me of both of those. Uh, Man right. of Medan definitely uh, has got my eyes and ears and everything looking front and center to get a copy of that and, and smash the bejesus out of it. Uh, super massive games love everything they do. And that Blair Witch game actually looked pretty damn interesting. Uh, obviously, it was only announced at E3, but it's cool mm. that it's coming out two months, two and a half months after the initial announcement. So yeah, yeah, give those a go at the end of this month. Um, I saw Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, I have not seen it yet. So so tell me, what what did you think? Uh, it's 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 okay. It's all right. Okay. It's uh, I
0: was pretty blasted when I saw it. Um, <laughs> I was very did you make drunk the when action I saw even actually. actioner. Don't remember. Uh, I remember. I remember it. I remember the film quite well. It's it's actually firmly in the science fiction universe now, like in in that genre now. Like Idris Elba's character is a cyborg, so you. I just don't understand how this is a franchise that started with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker having barbecues in the backyard. Paul Walker was an FBI agent trying to uncover Vin Diesel's like ring of truck hijackers stealing combo DVD VCR players. Like that's where this started. And now Hobbs and Shaw are rolling around fighting a cyborg named Idris Elba.
1: You you wait, (laughs) they're going to weave it in that those DVD VCR players were actually like military tech and oh they've yeah! Melted all that down to make Idris Elba or something.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, there would be something like that where it's like it was just inside the box of a combo VCR DVD player, but inside was high-end military equipment, uh, <laughs> national security secrets, and the only people that can stop the bad guys are Vin Diesel's like merry crew of car-driving fucking people. It's it's a it's a good final uh, sorry, good Fast and Furious film. It's Idris Elba's cool. He is just cool in everything, isn't
1: he? I love him. I yeah. love him so much.
0: Um, and just to throw it out there, I'm I am watching The Lion King again today. Oh no! Yeah, I know. My sister told me her and um, she's taking my niece's nephews to go and see it, and invited me. And I just I I just want to see him. So I thought, well, fuck it. I, I can suck it up for another two hours and ten Sucker minutes. Suck
1: it for punishment.
0: This is I've seen this film twice after today and i'll have seen and i saw the detective pikachu film twice those are the only films this year i've seen twice in the cinema <laughs> in and i know you like... have
1: many high opinions of uh, detective pikachu so let's see I fucking on your it. second viewing of the lion king if you're still because you're sort of middle of the pack with it right now you're sort of like man it's not the worst it's not the best
0: it's yes i don't i don't hate it like vehemently i i really don't love it but i think it's a great kids movie and um and i actually that'll be the test won't it Uh, taking my nieces and nephews that'll be the test
1: you might find some more joy in it seeing how happy they are watching this yeah
0: that'll bring me endless joy i like seeing them just yeah i don't know let's not go there but yeah i'll let you know i don't know it's not going to be great I'll, i'll try not to spoil things for them but like when mufasa dies i don't know if they'd know about mufasa's death as a Dunno. as a point in the film, so that'll be interesting. I want to see if uh, if that gets them. Yeah, the same way it got me many moons ago.
1: Perhaps, perhaps could do. You want know what else could get you many moons ago? Tell me, baby. Episode two of the Comedy Rewind podcast, mm-hmm. hosted by John Peck, starring Benny McJanet and myself, where we unpack the nineteen ninety four gem Dumb and Dumber. It is available on all podcast hosting platforms. So do yourselves a favor and give this episode a spin because it's, it was great. I listened to it back during the week and I hate listening to myself on podcasts, but I genuinely was laughing listening to this back because the movie just has such a sort of uh, resonance with me. Like I love Dumb and Dumber so much.
0: I listened to it as well. Could I say, you mentioned last week, the story about Jeff Daniels, what he got paid Mm-hmm. I found it interesting the way Jim Carrey went about um increasing his pay for this movie. I, I like that story. Not to ruin it, but just that and that's quite early on I think anyway, but like that is a ridiculous move. And yeah. like was wasn't it all just falling in line for him that year? it yeah. was just off the back of what film? Like he just had a like a huge Ace success. Ventura
1: and then Dumb and Dumber, and then The Mask, I think, was the order they came out, all in 94. And yeah, after Ace Ventura, he went, no, that's 700,000. Let's convert that to 7 million, you sons of bitches. (laughs) Like, took over half the budget, or just under half the budget of the entire film.
0: Well, it worked. Yeah. We're still talking about it 20 years later.
1: Yeah, but uh, that episode is available for consumption, as well as uh, by the time this episode drops on the podcast hosting platforms the latest episode of the 8-bit cast will be available to listen to as well and it's something a little bit different we've actually got the inconsolables doing a bit of a trivia shootout with good pop bad pop another fantastic podcast from australia and it is helmed by sammy deej so get ready to uh, chuck that in your ears but yeah patreon.com forward slash where8bit if you wanted to support us Monetarily, but if not, be sure to just rate, review, subscribe our podcast and the rest of the podcast in the hashtag 8BitCollective because they help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. And the last bit of news I wanted to, oh, last bit of housekeeping, sorry, I wanted to uh, bring to the show today 8Bit's very own Eldar Basic has released his first novel. Echoes of the Holograph is a series of seven interwoven science fiction stories. And it is available to purchase on Amazon.com right now. Uh, you can get the physical print like I've got right here, or you can also get it via Kindle uh, for about $10 US. So uh, do yourselves a favor, get some more education into your mindset via the way of reading some books. Echoes of the Holograph available right now on Amazon, Kindle, or physical print. Uh, I know it'll mean an awful lot to Eldar, but let's get on to some news.
0: This week's news headlines.
1: Okay a couple of little bite-sized bangers before we jump into the main course here. Destiny 2 cross-save is officially going live on August 21st, 2019. Very exciting times for anyone that is playing on PC, Xbox, PlayStation 4. You can port your character from platform to platform. Obviously, if you have the additional paid expansions, you need to buy them on said platform, but you could, excuse me, you can now jump on any of these platforms and play with your mates. Exciting times. And obviously this is also Coinciding with the port to Steam from Battle.net. So mm. uh good times, big times for Bungie there. Is this something that's gonna potentially get you back involved with Destiny two with the the new expansion that comes out on August twenty first as well? Or are you sort of like, nah, I'm an Well, Elder I'll Scrolls see guy now. I'll
0: see how much Elder Scrolls steals from my life this year. And then if I've still got some free time left over, yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. But I I I did like Destiny two a lot
1: as well. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's it's good fun. It, it's just it's one of the best shooters out there by none. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, the next uh, little bite-sized bit of news here: Day Z or Day Z, depending on where you're from, has been refused classification in Australia due to the use of cannabis being related to incentives or rewards. So uh, yeah, Australia ain't gonna be playing that weed game here. You know, you put the drugs in and you use them for a buff your game ain't going to be hitting the shores here in the au so uh yeah more classification head scratches so what do you um, think about that i think it's dumb it's so dumb it's like okay you can't take um you know a a puff of a joint or i don't know if they're using bongs i haven't really played but you can't consume cannabis but you can shoot a guy in the head shoot his dead body cut their limbs off you know, run over people in cars and other games. It's just, it's just tone deaf. I think these classification mm. thought processes they have.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I was, I was a bit more on the fence a moment ago, but yeah, you're right. There are, there are missions that incentivize you to murder. So why would you, yeah, why would you put that below this in terms of importance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you know I'm with you now. I'm with you. Yeah, it's just very strange. Fuck you, classification board of Australia.
1: Yeah, making boneheaded decisions since your inception. Yeah. And the last little bite-sized bit of news, the ESA E3 media leaks have extended beyond just 2019. Yeah. Now also including 2018 and 2017, uh, where yours truly was there. So uh, whoever's got my details, please delete <laughs> them immediately and leave me alone. I do not want to be accosted by you random internet people. <laughs>
0: shit 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 um yeah you're right this is getting worse and worse and worse isn't it it's i like i don't it's so big a problem that it's hard to actually uh understand the repercussions in full but like let's all right let's play a little game here maybe a bit of a confronting one for two lads but let's let's have a bit of fun here mate you and i at one point or another in our lives we've both been single And we both know of a certain person. I don't know, like random, but do you remember that girl? Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah, like Sarah. And you pull out Facebook and you try and find them. And then you manage to find them off their given name alone. Think of all the crazy shit, all of the crazy boys out there are going to be able to do um, with given name, surname, date of birth, address, email address. It's a bit much. And it's terrifying. It even reminds me of Felicia Day's, um, like crazy GamerGate stories of how her like address would be posted up places on like public forums and shit, and people would send her death death threats. It would it would just be nuts. So it's not great.
1: It's, it's terrifying, man. It really is. Like um, like I I don't consider myself any different than the next person but you know everyone prides themselves on a sense of privacy or a safe space and whether you're a content creator in the games media you're big small or in between having that safe space taken away through no fault of your own you know you followed the guidelines to get a media pass to cover a games event and then said company just fucks up their back end and just gives all that data out unknowingly that's scary shit man
0: I was thinking about a lot about the process of actually getting the data on the website in the first place. There's a, there's like a testing process that goes in, like a testing phase before you make any changes to your public website to make sure that you're happy with those changes. Yeah. And so, and all of this would have been checked by more than one person.
1: Yeah. Where's the That's QC the on this? Like, like who signed off on that? Like their heads rolling. Whoever the test was... cases. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it's it, bonkers. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cr- but it's also like I wonder if it's criminal, you know? Like it's gross negligence, is what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Just putting my little my little QC hat on for a moment. Gross negligence, I believe, is what we we would call it in the legal game. Um, uh, I don't know if like hev- any horror stories forbid. yet. Though.
1: Like I know this is to the far extreme end of this, but if someone is violently attacked based off their address being leaked, like, yeah. are they then up for for man like? you know, manslaughter charges or seen as an accessory to this because their actions indirectly affected that happening. Like obviously it's all history right now, but...
0: There'll be a story out of this somewhere. Like there'll there'll be some unfortunate events somewhere. Fingers crossed, hopefully not. But, you know, there's just so many people. It's so many people's details. It's fucking
1: nuts. Yeah, everybody is affected. But uh, moving into the uh, two larger bits of news that we wanted to cover on today's episode and the first headline Walmart halts most game sales following mass shootings this comes via way of Matt Kim and IGN and um, full disclosure this this uh news headline literally dropped about 20 minutes before we started recording this sort of leads on to a article I had prepared for this and have since changed it but the article reads Walmart's removal of any references to violent video games and media from stores appears to have extended to the actual selling of video games as well. On Thursday, reports came out that Walmart sent out internal communications to stores asking them to pull down ads, signage, and even demos for violent video games following the mass shooting at a Walmart superstore in El Paso, Texas on August 3rd. A day later, Twitter user Eric Tyler Loudon tweeted out that their Walmart isn't even selling games. IGN reached out to Walmart for confirmation and received the following response from Lamia Jenkins, the Director of National Media Relations at Walmart. We've taken this action out of respect for the incidents of the last week, and it does not reflect a long-term change in our video game assortment. We are focused on assisting our associates and their families, as well as supporting the community as we continue a thoughtful and thorough review of our policies. Jenkins added, our statement stands company-wide. The only games left for sale are sports titles like fifa 19 nba 2k 19 and mario kart 8 deluxe walmart is still selling games online and there appears to be an option to do in-store pickups for game orders idn has not been able to confirm whether the in-store pickup option is actually viable in stores it appears however that walmart is reviewing its entire video game sales policies which has led to a temporary cease in video game sales from store location Despite no scientific link between games and violence, Walmart's sales decisions effectively link the ongoing debate about mass shootings with guns. So, this is insane. Like, fair enough taking down all the signage and the advertisements for extremely violent games like Fortnite, and now restricting game sales, yet Walmart are still selling fucking actual firearms in their stores. So it's fine to be selling real guns and real ammo, but showing games that simulate those acts is the bad. Like, what's going on here, Dream?
0: I don't know, man. It's fucking America. They're crazy over there. Um. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I look. I don't hate this that much. Uh, I actually, my knee-jerk sort of reaction here is, who cares? Not who cares. Sorry, but just like I don't. I don't. I don't. Take a like a hard stand against why the video games blah blah like, sure take take the video games down. I think about our experience here when we go to somewhere like Kmart or Target, you don't see those games there either. They're not there. It's it's family oriented games only for the most part. And in fact, I think it's only in Kmart. I don't think Target sell video games anymore. Period. Mm, but
1: big W sell them as well.
0: Big And they've got them. some violent ones. Like they I do, saw. they do have a couple, but, but yeah, I know I know Kmart doesn't. And uh, and that's fine. I, I, I don't have an issue with them restricting the number of games. Yes, I think it's very blind and tone deaf and hypocritical to continue to sell firearms the way they do. But I am also not... I don't have a horse in this race either. There's a huge debate in America. It's not over here. It's got nothing to do with us. Really, like we don't have this cultural issue. No. I don't have to fucking walk down the street, hear a car backfire and wonder if someone's firing rounds into a crowd. There was footage that came out last week of a motorbike backfiring in New York and people sprinting in all different directions, fearful that there's someone shooting a weapon. Like it's just, it's a different kind of fear that I just don't know and I don't understand. And I feel for I feel for everyone in America who has to kind of deal with this at the moment. And I like to me, there's a real quick common sense decision that they could make that would just solve this whole problem quick and fast. But apparently, there's a real strong group there called the NRA who just won't let anyone take their guns away. So that, that's 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 their problem to sort out. I don't give a fuck about how it impacts video games either. I think that that's all just hot air for the most part. Um, although I have grown over time a little bit more empathetic to the argument that violent video games can potentially influence people in certain ways. It's not to say that I think violent video games create mass shooters. It's just that I think that you can't sit there and play 12 hours of games in a day and that not fuck with your brain somehow on some level. So anyway, that's kind of where I'm at with it.
1: Yeah, I get you. I get what you're saying. Like, I think the thing that irks me the most is off the back of these continuous tragedies. Like I saw when, when Trump did his little presser after the El Paso shooting and his his sort of driving factors were, this is to do with mental health and video games. Like there's there's common threads between the two that create these uh, potential shooters and, and that's where the drama lies. It's got not like, you know, they just sweep the fact that Just about any Tom, Dick, and Harry can buy a gun and have one within 24 hours, irrespective of history. The fact there's no background checks, there's no fucking mental health tests that they have to do. It's just you roll in, here's my ID, Mr. Walmart. I'd like to buy that assault rifle and that pistol. I get change out of a 1000 bucks for both of those things and away we go. And it's, you know, like it is sort of off track from what we're talking about here with video games and what we're usually doing here on The Hungry Gamers, but it's just... Coming from the country, like anyone that's listened to this episode of this show a few times would know that I grew up around firearms. I grew up around video games. And and yes, there is sort of a, a certain cocktail, I think, that creates some of these things. Like, yeah, people are all wired differently. So they'll take those messages in those games literally and, and try and instill that into their day-to-day or whatever it might be. But for the vast majority of us, we just take that game as what it is like it's a piece of interactive art just like a movie just like a tv show and we respect it and appreciate it for what it is and that's it but you do get a couple of these bad eggs that use them as a crutch or as a scapegoat or as a stepping stone into this violent world in in the real life and yeah i don't know it's tough i i just hate seeing this this industry that we love so much getting tarred with this brush that getting thrown under the bus like you know all these violent films and television shows and everything else they get no mention the fact that the news every day like you turn on the national nine news at you know five o'clock or six o'clock and they show actual footage of people getting hit by cars getting shot whatever it might be and like yet yeah, that's fair game but seeing it in a video game it's it's bad and it can lead to all these other sort of uh terrible effects that flow on but I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't bother me.
0: Like, I, I actually don't give a shit that anyone's using games as a scapegoat. Because I, f- I feel like like you and I are sitting from outside, right, looking in. And I feel like for anyone else who's sitting on our side, looking in at America and what's going on there, it's fucking blatantly obvious. Like, no mm-hmm. one's actually sitting here thinking it's video games. Like, we know that when we hear someone like the president or, you know, NRA lobbyists or... or fucking Republicans get up and say that it's, it's violent video games. Like, we know, yeah, okay, but also how much money did you just get paid by the NRA? Like,
1: we 100%. know exactly what's
0: going on. For everyone outside looking in, America is a fucking shit show of a country and needs to sort out this gun thing. Just on the gun thing. But from anyone who actually buys into that, I don't want you playing video games. You don't have to yeah. play video games. That's cool, man. If you believe that they're not they're, not, they're, they're violent and that they cause these problems... I don't want you enjoying the same things I enjoy. Get the fuck away from it. That's cool. You can say what you want about it. I'm going to fucking keep doing my thing.
1: Fair, cool. I like that. I think that's probably a good way to park that story and move on to the last one, uh, which covers a topic I know you're very passionate about, Dreamo. Oh, man, Microsoft, you can, you can Sony, up <laughs> and Nintendo won't allow loot boxes on consoles unless publishers disclose drop rates. This comes by way of Matt Wales at Eurogamer.
0: <laughs> you're, just hitting, you're just hitting me with like two of the most incendiary topics. Yeah. Back to back.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a hot box here today. Like it is right. a controversy corner here on The Hunger Gamers. Right, I'll calm down so on this one. The new measures were initially announced this past week by the Entertainment Software Association's Chief Counsel of Tech Policy, Michael Waineki during a Federal Trade Commission workshop intended to examine consumer protection issues related to video game loot boxes. Since then, the ESA, which represents the video games industry in the US, has released a full statement on the matter, confirming that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony will, in quotes, require paid loot boxes in games developed for their platforms to disclose information on the relative rarity or probability of obtaining randomized virtual items, end quote. Additionally, the new measures, which are expected to be implemented next year, will apply to all games that add loot boxes in a post-launch update. According to the ESA, a number of publishers have all agreed to disclose these numbers, and this will occur no later than the end of 2020. Following the ESA's announcement, both Sony and Nintendo have released their own respective statements on the decision, which you can find online. Dreamo I know you are one of the biggest advocates for loot boxes, loot crates, microtransactions—all being the devil. Love them, I love them. Oh, the devil? Yeah, they are. This this is a positive step in the right direction.
0: It is, yeah. I think I think so, and it's it's probably them taking the lead of, of other countries who have um, already sort of forced publishers to to supply this information and make it readily available yeah I, th- I think this is good it's good it just gives, it gives people all the information unless you really go out of your way it's hard to really ascertain what the drop rates are for for a lot of loot crates and a lot of different games and often it's it's kind of secondhand information that you're getting from other players as opposed to like based on their experiences as well and how much yeah. coin they've dropped as yeah. opposed i got a to, legendary
1: uh, every 10 crates or whatever type of thing yeah, which is just on there's average, no like real skin in that 40. game. There, there's no real number to base that off.
0: No, and like the more um, the the more devious aspect of this is always the duplicates that you get. So, my my biggest frustration when I used to put money into Hearthstone was getting the same legendary twice, and I I always felt that that was just a little bit off. And some games handle that better than others, like Magic handled it fantastically where you basically get a token for a legendary of your selection if you were to get a duplicate so that's fantastic that's brilliant. That is great
1: brilliant. i never knew that but that's that's the way to do it
0: that is the way to do it it makes it so much more achievable to get the cards that you need to play the game that you want in a game where you can't actually buy the card you have to buy enough cards to turn them into dust to then craft a card but you're basically spending like four legendaries to get one legend it's bullshit yeah so at least this is good i i i'm absolutely in favor of this loot boxes have been off the radar for a little
1: while haven't they
0: mm. now that i think about it
1: they've been hiding out in the wilderness and now they've uh made a return like i i wonder sort of playing devil's advocate when you know you boot up a, a a game let's say it's apex legends or whatever and it pops up and it shows underneath it two percent chance of rolling an epic or whatever it might be i wonder if that's going to deter people like i wonder if we're going to see a bit of a drop <laughs> in loot crate loot crate or loot box sales like i know it's probably optimistic to think we might but that might turn some people off where they see that low odds number right there bolded or probably it's going to be really fucking fine print isn't it in the bottom corner that oh, you squint sure. to read it but maybe maybe that'll make people a little bit hesitant to throw some cash on some loot boxes?
0: I don't know. I think you and I both know that if we walked into a pokey room tomorrow that there'd be some twenty dollar notes getting pulled out of wallets. Oh yeah. Um yeah. And Max Betts baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look I think so. I think there's still a bit of a bit of work here on loot boxes in general. Like I, I think that it's it's moving away from being predatory, which is good, which is definitely a good thing. And I think the more it moves towards a sort of transparent model where, because it is gambling at the moment, it's gambling because if your intention is to chase a specific skin or rewards for a specific character and you're not getting them and you'll just keep loading up, you just keep loading up on loot boxes um, with no idea of when or, or, or how many will hit, then you're absolutely gambling with your money. So I think anything we can do to sort of move away from that is is a good thing, and I think there's room for loot boxes in the world going forward. I I think that they are they're here to stay. They're just oh, yeah. so lucrative, but we can be a little bit less malicious in the approach with which we're putting them out there. Hmm. So anyway, um, I think yeah, follow MTG's design. I'd be interested to see what else they could do to make it fairer, but yeah. Good move, good move, Microsoft. Good move, Sony. Good move, Nintendo.
1: Yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see. And um, I sort of found it a little bit ironic that uh, the ESA was one re- releasing full statements on the matter, like outside of them probably trying to distance themselves from the whole drama with the <laughs> database. <laughs> they're trying to control the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what
0: they're doing here. Good bloke Man, sk- themselves here. We skipped over one. We skipped over um, Death Stranding not being an exclusive. Oh, to- yes just to throw that out there
1: yeah so that's um has been removed uh well it's not listed as a PlayStation 4 exclusive on the official PlayStation store that could mean a whole host of things that could mean it's also going to be released on the PlayStation 5 uh, at the same time so that would mean it's no longer a PlayStation 4 exclusive but rumor mill is that it could make its way to PC that's uh, something that I've sort of seen mentioned once or twice out in the internet as well. What do you think? Interesting, interesting. Um, I I don't care too much. Neither do I. I know some Sony fanboys were pretty pretty upset if this was to happen. Yeah, you and I, you know, we're we're users of of multiple platforms, so we're pretty agnostic when it comes yeah. to this. Like, I'll play a game on on whatever console or platform I have to to play it. I don't care if it's an exclusive or otherwise. Like, just give me good games to play. That's all I'm about.
0: Yeah. I, I, I always find it hard to um, understand. I understand why there are exclusives, but what, like from a company's perspective, but why the fans get so up in arms about exclusives is always something that's a bit um, to me. Um, yeah, I, I really don't mind this.
1: The way uh, I see it, it's almost like supporting a sports team. You know, like you, yeah, your, your team, fair. you want to have them the best, you want them to have the best players. You want them to be leading the division. So when Sony has an all-star player like Death Stranding on it, they can be like, Yeah, suck at Microsoft, but now that they could be potentially uh playing for PC. separate teams. I don't know. I,
0: I would yeah, I I'm actually I'm actually wondering how excited I am for this game right now, anyway.
1: It's still just confusing the absolute shit out of me. Like with every new announcement, I think I seem to understand less about the game. Like and that's that's part of Kojima's unique charm and and vision with his video games but i'll play it when it comes out later this year but yeah it's i don't think it's going to be game of the year i don't know either
0: i do think it'll be some kind of cultural phenomenon though there'll be there'll be memes galore about it oh for yeah
1: sure. i feel like it's almost going to be not like not tragic just total shitness <laughs> standpoint of like it's going to be like the video games version of the room it's just this divisive yeah. topic that just gets quoted and referenced for years, and then it'll be made in a parody film with James Franco playing Hit Hideo. <laughs> Actually, now to be Scarlett Johansson, after have to play Hideo Kojima because that's sort of her her sort of wheelhouse is, is the whitewashing situation. So, <laughs> oh, so going to play Hideo in the uh, oh, in the remake of the development of Death Stranding out in twenty twenty seven. You've heard it here first, crazy old Kojima. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you guys have indirectly touched butts and no one can ever take that away from you
0: no that's right i forgot about that we have and i i i'm so so proud i destroyed that toilet before he sat on it as well yeah
1: yeah you were was, in there making uh, breech babies before breech babies even existed i was the inspiration
0: <laughs> for some of the the content you're about to experience in Death Stranding. You left this
1: big old brown shark in there that resembled the Breach Babe and he's like, I've got it, I've got it. And he runs out there, jots it in his notepad.
0: (laughs) There's a bathroom scene where a pleb worker comes out of a stall hung over, leaning over, trying to work out which way is up, walks past your, um, what's his name? The fucking bikey guy who's in it um you know oh Noah. Norman Reedus Norman Reedus that's it yeah walks by Norman Reedus in much the same way I once hung over walks by Hideo Kojima I walk by him <laughs> oh god that was good and it anyway. goes down
1: in history <laughs> <It will. laughs> so that has been the news and this has been the Hungry Games podcast episode 163 Dreamo is there anything you want to say before we close this bad boy down for another week
0: um no no um no but just uh as always a, a, heart- a heartfelt
1: thank you for listening hundred percent and next week in on episode one sixty four the uh, hosting chairs will be filled by myself Miss Ali Hart and Benny McJanet Dreamo is taking a sabbatical next week he's got many uh-huh. things to do uh so I'll see him the week after all things going well touch mm-hmm. wood. Touch but with. uh yes, Apit Nation, thank you for listening, thank you for supporting, and uh until next time, much love. Stay
0: hungry.